it's a tough one because uh, I feel like you have to have the confidence to take that risk. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen until you do it. Um, so I feel like making small goals, um, achieving those, um, but also don't be scared of failure. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back to this episode of the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Mode Sports Nutrition. Their website is myfitmode.com myfitmode.com. Mode is a natural sports nutrition company and their vision is to empower athletes of all disciplines to get the most out of their potential while promoting a healthy lifestyle. Um, Yeah, that sounds exactly like the theme of the show. And it is not ironic then that I happen to just love these products. I got hooked on them back in the spring. It started with my obsession with their energy shots. They make both blocks drink mixes as well as pre-mixed drinks. And it was the power drink, specifically the re-energizer shot that made me a true believer. I struggle with muscle cramps in my legs after long, hot endurance events. And whatever it is about these re-energizer shots, I swear it is magic. I've been using these shots for all of my long gravel races this year, as well as long training rides. In fact, Dirty Kansas is the perfect example. I had zero muscular cramps anywhere. Triceps, fingers, legs, calves, face, you name it. There were no muscle cramps. And um, I carry these little orange mango tasting shots with me on big rides and during big races. And so far, I have 100% success um, with these products along for the ride. I am also a big fan of the blocks. They make these all natural ingredient energy blocks. They call them raw energy, and they are either blueberry and coconut, mango and apricot, or chocolate and walnut. Quite frankly, they are all my favorite. All of them have just a little bit of energizer in them, usually a little bit of ginseng or something similar, but they are raw energy. You can actually pronounce the ingredients, and they are packaged in these really perfectly sized little plastic wrappers that make it super easy to just grab a couple bites of the bar and then put it back in your pocket. A big believer of these products big believer in this company i love their owner she um just a quick story i ordered online too late to get the product that i needed in time for dirty kanza and i told her how important it was because i was really worried about muscle cramps the owner actually took the time and effort to get those products overnighted to me to my hotel in tiny town emporia kansas and it was a large part of my success at this year's Dirty Kanza race in the single speed. So now I don't let myself go dry. I always make sure I've got some of their product on hand. I'm a huge believer. Check them out. They're offering a discount to our listeners too. If you use the code HOTMAN, H-O-T-T-M-A-N at checkout, you'll save yourself some money. It is all refrigeration required. So it will come to you in a cooler pack and you want to stick that stuff in your fridge as soon as it arrives. Again, check them out on the website, myfitmode.com and use the code HOTMAN, H-O-T-T-M-A-N at checkout to save yourself some cash. (laughs) 
Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm podcast listeners, welcome back. Today's episode gave me one more opportunity yet again to interview someone that I've respected and admired and followed for years. My guest today is Katie Effen Compton, as she's known, KFC for short, 14-time national champion in cyclocross, a cycling phenom. In fact, you'll hear she's been racing and riding bikes since she was about 10. Truly an incredible woman, someone I've respected respect and admired for a really long time, um, just as a human being and just as a strong woman, someone who's authentic and who's always been real. And she recently uh, was in a race just a couple weeks ago where I saw a video of her online. Her glued on tubular tire had basically rolled off the rim and she's on the side of the race course using her hands and muscles to put the tubular tire back in place so that she could roll. And just when I look at the video and I read the comments, uh, she's one of those people that everyone respects and she gives it her all heart, soul, everything she can, every race. I just, I really respect people that can continually dig deep like that and truly give a hundred percent every single time. She's managed to really create this successful career for herself and be in the sport for a nice long time. And to stay in a healthy relationship with it, and you'll hear that she does that in part by having a very strong network, an incredibly supportive husband, but also she spends time doing other things where she's reminded what it's like to be a newbie. So you'll hear her talk about racing cars on the raceway and how fun that is for her to be in a setting where she is not the veteran expert, but instead is the newbie beginner. She just talks about how important it is to set achievable, measurable goals, to set your sights high, and then also just to be okay with failure. And as you'll hear, she talks about how hard it is to train her heart out and then have things happen at races beyond her control. She's had kind of a rough start to this season, but she remains hopeful that she will have a good year. And I have no doubt that she will, and I can't wait to follow her along in her adventures. We will have posts to her website as well as her Instagram account on the website. I encourage you to check her out. She's fun to follow, fun to watch, and she's one of those women that makes it really easy to um, believe in big goals, big aspirations, big dreams. So I present to you my friend and one of the women I admire most, Katie F. Compton. Gosh, how often does a person get to honestly sit and talk with someone that they have been inspired by for most of their adult life and someone that you just truly respect and admire? Um, and that's where I find myself today talking to you, Miss Katie Compton. Well, that's pretty great, actually. That's a very nice compliment. <laughs> yeah, you're just an incredible woman. I mean... The bike racing thing's amazing, but just as a human being, you're just a fantastic person, and uh, I'm excited to share you with the listeners today. So thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, I'd love to just catch up with kind of where you're at just right now. I mean, the cyclocross season has just started. I saw an mm -hmm. amazing video of you fixing your, your <laughs> tubular tire in the middle of the race, which was fantastic. I mean, how yeah, are things so far? Yeah, I mean, things, they've gone better. I mean, I can't really sugarcoat it right now because the first four races for me were actually super disappointing with allergies and, you know, the mechanical issues. So I had four starts and four DNFs really. So, well, I finished the Iowa world cup, but it's such a bad result where it did, I didn't really count it. Um, gotcha. So that, that's just frustrating. So I thought, I thought my fitness was pretty good, but, uh, I just 
couldn't go fast. <laughs> um, so that was kind of frustrating. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's it's. I mean, it's all part of it. It's just I'm just over it. <laughs> I'm over yeah. working really hard to you know not right. not get the results. So right. Yeah. Bike racing is a microcosm of life, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the oh. things I love about it, but it also broke my heart so many times that yep. I just thought, I mean, the winds are so far and few between. And um, for the listeners who may not follow cycling, I mean, you're one of the most accomplished women in cycling in general, but definitely in cyclocross mm-hmm. with multiple, multiple, multiple national championships. Are we 13 or 14 or 14, yeah, 14. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. You know, I like the fact that people can't keep track. I was like, I feel like that's a good right. thing. <laughs> that's totally good. I mean, exactly my point. Yeah. Which, you know, I think we always take that for granted. It's like, oh, that's Katie Comp, you know, she's 14-time national champion. But then mm-hmm. if you think about the hundreds and hundreds of races that that represent the disappointments and then those those crowning achievements and those magic days when everything comes together mm-hmm. and something about it keeps you keeps you going in the sport I mean you obviously love it but if you had to like put it in a sentence what is it that you love so much about bike racing um I love all of it I mean yeah the I, I actually enjoy the ups and downs um I think because it just makes you feel a lot stronger um I mean obviously when the downs are are pretty down. That kind of sucks. (laughs) But, uh, I love, I mean, I love the process. I like the training. I like the adrenaline. I like the, um, kind of just pushing yourself to that point and then having that competition be like, I feel like maybe I can go harder because somebody's right there pushing you. Um, right. So I think it just makes me a better athlete. And it also, uh, kind of makes me figure out ways to train differently or train better or recover better. Just, um, kind of really dial in my, my fitness and my health. Um, so I kind of like that challenge of it too. And, you know, everyone looks at professional athletes in any sport. And of course Mm -hmm. we only see the outside. We don't see the behind the scenes or the, the, you know, the messy stuff. Um, and it's a life that, you know, many of us wanted or aspired to in, in whichever sport that we were in. Um, and I'm sure there are just days when it's a very, very difficult and challenging profession. And, um, you know, I mean, you more than most, maybe it's just because I've been following you for so long, but you just seem to have this resilience about you, Katie, and just like, man, this girl, like when she's down, she's right back up. She's back up to fight time after time after time. I mean, where do you, to what do you attribute that tenacity? Um, I hate to quit. I feel worse quitting something than I do, which is good and bad. It's good because, you know, no matter how many times you get disappointed, you just be like, well, tomorrow's a new day. So let's just, you know, pick yourself back up and and keep going. But I do have my moments. And obviously those moments are usually kept between me and my husband and my parents and such and close friends (laughs) Um, that are, that are pretty bad and actually pretty sad and pretty dark. Um, I bet. And it's hard. I definitely go through the ups and downs. Um, and honestly, the ups are never as high as the lows are low. So, and they never last as long. So you can feel pretty bad about yourself for weeks on end. You can win your, win a bike race once and feel really good for about three days. And then you're like, well, move on to the next one, but I'll dwell on a bad race for like four weeks. So it's just frustrating. I don't know why our, our brains are wired that way, but for some reason, I feel like our brands are wired to remember all the bad stuff <laughs> and right. quickly forget about how great it is to win. 
So yeah, I'm sure psychologists could tell us something about how we hold on to the pain and we we let the pleasure lapse so quickly. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's something yeah. similar to another thing I'm sure you experienced, which is which is just sort of the social media, mm-hmm. um, just the, just the publicness of what you do. There's probably a lot of people that are congratulating you and cheering you on and, and applauding you, and then there's probably a few select negative, you know, haters. <laughs> um, because they are they just live on the internet yeah and sometimes like their voices are the ones that we hear the loudest too oh yeah and that's for some reason you get one negative comment on twitter and you get maybe 100 positive ones you're like why do they say that <laughs> right that's so mean like and honestly i actually get pretty um good comments um I hope so. I don't get too much negative stuff. And if I do get a ne- one negative comment, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I just move on because it's just the way people are on the internet. So I don't worry about it too much. Yes. Um, yeah, I definitely don't dwell on that stuff. So where do you think that this attitude of, you know, I hate to quit or sort of <laughs> this, um, you know, never down, never out, or maybe down, but not out. Yeah. Even when things are tough, like just pulling yourself back up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I mean, was that you as a kid even? Is that the way your parents kind of raised you? Where does that come from? You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just an always inherently there. I know my parents um, definitely raised me to work hard and to, to not give up for sure. Um, but it wasn't to the point where you, you work so hard, it's, you end up having like negative consequences. It wasn't one of those. I just, I feel like it's just my personality to really want to push and, and keep kind of, you know, being stubborn about things and, um, really pushing back. If something's, if something's pushing me, I'm just pushing back. And like, I think it's just the way I'm wired. I think that's what makes me a good bike racer too. Cause like, it's such a hard sport that, um, you've got to just keep working hard and you got to just keep trying at it. And I mean, you do get results. Like eventually it does come around, maybe not as frequently as you'd like it to, but the results do eventually come around when you, you know, work hard at it. And I would say again, outside looking in, but Mm -hmm. also just someone who's followed you throughout your career, Mm -hmm. I would say that's a large part of what has given you the amount of success that you've enjoyed as a bike racer, don't you think? I do. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, uh, these first two world cups this season for Iowa and, uh, track world cup and, in, in, uh, Wisconsin, I definitely struggled a lot. And, um, Mark, my husband, <laughs> he, he's like the forever positive and just like talk me wow. off the ledge. Yeah. So that, that's helped a ton. Um, and it, and it is hard just to keep that, that positive feeling and just be like, at some point I'm, I'm just going to be over, right. <laughs> over the struggle. Be like, you know what? I've right. struggled enough. I've done what I can and I'm, I'm ready to kind of move on and do something else. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not there yet. I, I want to race well and I like the racing. I like the lifestyle. So it's really hard to, um, kind of listen to the negative parts. So, and Mark's pretty good at just talking me through it and, uh, you know, make me feel good and, um, bringing me back to reality. He's good for that. <laughs> we surround ourselves with, boy, it can yeah. make or break us. It, uh, it sure does. And I've got a really good friendship circle and, you know, great husband and great parents and such. So I've been very lucky in that regard where I'm grateful I have those relationships that are strong and, and can, you know, they make me feel good. And it's, I don't know, just surround yourself with people that make you feel good. Um, I think that's so important. So that I'm, I'm pretty grateful for. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that people don't 
maybe think about with professional athletes or even people that are just at the top of whatever it is that they're doing, whether it be mm -hmm. business or whatever, it can be pretty freaking lonely at the top. And um, it's also kind of scary sometimes to share your true feelings with people for fear that it could be manipulated or used against yep. you if the person um, doesn't have the right motives. And I'm sure you've experienced some of that where you're almost like hesitant to kind of let your guard down with people. Um, but at the same time, it's so important for you as a human to have mm -hmm. that um, you know, it's like a fine line. The higher to the top you get, the harder that becomes, right? Yeah, I think so. Lucky, luckily for me, um, I kind of worked my way up slowly. So the friends I had 10 years ago are still the friends I have now. So um, if anything, That's I think awesome. they, they help keep me humble. Um, and, you know, just they're just good people. And I think um, that's helped a ton. And it keeps me grounded for sure. And I mean, granted, I'm generally the type of person who's pretty grounded as it is and pretty realistic and uh, humble. So I think for me, I'm just, it's like, I think of it as, yeah, it's a bike race and, you know, there's a lot of other things going on in the world. And I might win a lot of races, but I, I definitely don't win all of them. And I definitely struggle a lot. And there's definitely people faster than I am. So um, I'm definitely aware of that too. And I think that helps keep me grounded. Well, and I was going to tell you that I think you're one of the most humble kind of real people and certainly professional athletes that I've ever encountered. And um, you're just, you are just so real and authentic. And um, not to say that other women aren't, but I think a lot of women do struggle with that in the mm -hmm. professional cycling space, especially mm -hmm. like trying to be something for sponsorship or for you know, Instagram or for whatever. And you've always just been like, look, this, I'm Katie Compton. This is who I am. Um, and I really respect and admire that. And, um, and so like, where do you think that that comes from? You've always just kind of known who you are. I I've known who I am from a, from an early age. Like even in high school, I, I think I figured out the personality I liked and who I wanted to be probably around 16 to 18. And I've kind of wow. pretty much kept that the same. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just the way I am. And I just, I like people who are genuine and sincere and, you know, you, with social media nowadays, you never know what's, you know, what people put out there, how, yeah, what's going on exactly. And it's like, granted, people don't put their bad days up on Instagram and Twitter because nobody wants to see it. Like nobody yeah. wants to read that. Like I can't get out of bed because I'm so sad today. Like <laughs> who does that? Um, so of course, Instagram, especially you just, you just see great photos that are perfectly filtered and everybody's having a wonderful time and a great day. And everyone's happy and my life's perfect. But in reality, we all know that's not true. So right. for me, I try to put, you know, things, um, things that make me happy, things that, uh, I'm doing that, you know, that are fun for other people to see. Um, but if I don't have anything to say and if it's negative, I just keep that to myself. Um, sure. and so usually what I put up there is pretty honest and pretty genuine and it's, I'm not faking it. Um, I'm just, right. you know, just, sugarcoating it enough. So, you know, you're not seeing like the day to day, uh, right. frustrations. And then honestly, maybe that's what people should start doing. So maybe it's not yeah, so, especially sure. bike racers that are always like, Oh, it's great. Every day is Saturday. Training's awesome. I'm racing. Great. It's like, well, yeah, but that's like five weeks out of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, let's be real. This is hard, you know, and it's not all awesome. And I'm like, I'm freaking hungry five days a week. So, <laughs> right. Right. And travel yeah. and delays. 
bikes getting broken by the airlines and all yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not drinking wine every night because like I don't feel as as good when I drink. So I'm like, great, now I can't do that either. So it's like, yeah, there's a few things that, yeah, yeah, things that I'd like well, to do but I don't do. <laughs> Maybe we should all take the dare of like a real Instagram month or something. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Challenge. Yeah, real Instagram, no filter, <laughs> no filter on the coloring, no filter on like what you say it's just like here's the day today i woke up crying and it's only gone downhill from there <laughs> right and that's my reality mm. yeah interesting we might need to explore that a little bit um okay so but now backing up to you in high school i guess i've never really thought about like your origin story i just assumed yeah. you sort of came out of the womb like an <laughs> came out of the womb pedaling a bike, bike. <laughs> yes exactly yeah yes, you did of course why not <laughs> you race bikes in high school I did yeah I started racing when I was like 10 8 or 10 I can't remember um but my dad was a bike racer my mom was a marathon runner and so my brother was full into sports and I was actually into all sports too um but I just liked to ride my bike the most so in high school I started taking it more seriously um and raced my bike a lot more and I was good at it too so you know when you're good at something you just keep doing it um sure well it's enjoyable yeah, I really enjoyed it and had a really good friend circle and I got into mountain biking in high school and that was super fun. So I raced track in high school too. So I just, I think I had the variety of racing road, track, mountain. Um, and I started racing cross in college and I just, I liked riding my bike. I liked racing and um, it was a great way to make money. So I didn't actually have to work a job in high school. So sure. yeah, so there's no, no reason to stop racing my bike. So I kept doing it. And then luckily I've made a career out of it, but I definitely, when I was 18, didn't think that was going to happen. Which, I mean, that speaks to your level of just intentional living too, yeah. is that you struck out and sort of said, this is something that I want to be part of my life and I'm going to make it happen. And one mm -hmm. of the other reasons I've always respected you as a, as a female cyclist or as an athlete in general is just that you've you've handled what you do as a profession mm -hmm. in a very professional, polished way. And yeah. You have asserted your value, for example, with sponsorship. Um, this isn't a hobby. This is your full-time job. It's a professional career. Mm -hmm. you've, you've treated it like that. And as a result, you know, people look to you as a, as a really high level professional in the sport. And um, I see some cyclists kind of just get that wrong where they sort of just walk around with their hands out and, and looking for the you know sponsorship and and you've really mm -hmm. made it a fantastic career for yourself and it's because it sounds like it's something that you knew you wanted to do with your life. I did and it's funny because I remember having the conversation with my dad about what I want to do with my life when I was in college because I was thinking about grad school as going to school for exercise science and I think I was like a I think I was a junior in college and I was thinking yeah grad school and then I was like, well, I'd like to be a cycling coach. <laughs> my dad's just like looking at me like, really? <laughs> like, how are you going to make any money with that? And then luckily, I, you know, I was at a, I was graduating in 2002 and it was kind of when online coaching was starting to grow. So I was able to do that. Wow. And then, you know, when you're coaching like that, you can easily travel and race your bike. And so yep. for me, it wasn't necessarily like the plan, like I want to be a professional bike racer. Cause as a woman in like the late nineties, like that really wasn't an opportunity you could have. Um, but nowadays you can graduate college or not go to college. It's up to you, whatever. But like you actually have an opportunity to, 
be a bike racer. Um, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. So it's pretty cool that that's changed and progressed to where it is now. Um, but I definitely like, I'm really happy that, um, I've had the experience I have with coaching, um, with like working my way up through bike racing to just have those learning experiences and have all the positives and negatives that go along with it and learning how to budget, learning how to, you know, find sponsors and how to get results when you're stressed out and, um, just kind of, you know, making it work and, you know, taking every year as a new year and a new season and, you know, seeing what I can do and seeing how my body's, uh, adapting and changing to the training and just hope, you know, how it changes when I grow older. Um, that's a big part of it too. So I think part of the reason I enjoy it is half the challenge of, you know, making a living at this and then still performing well and still enjoying it. And, uh, you know, being able to pay the mortgage, it's, it's a lot to do sometimes, but it sure is, it sure does feel good when it all comes together and I could be successful. Well, and you made a great point earlier yeah. where you said, you know, at some point I'm going to move on to something else, mm-hmm. but not yet. I'm not, I'm not done with the sport yet. I still want to be doing exactly what I'm doing. And yeah. I think that's a great point, Katie, because I think a lot of times people just sort of go through the motions or even a discussion that keeps coming up in my life right now is people get to where they thought they wanted to be and it's not yep. anything they thought it would be. Like there's this crushing disappointment. Um, yep. And so you've really checked in with like, is this serving me or is this not serving me? And yeah, for now mm-hmm. it's serving me and I'm going to know when it's not serving me. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, do you have any just, you know, this is sort of big picture general life advice for people, but just how do you stay tuned into, is this, is this what I want to be doing or not? I, I, my husband and I actually, we both, we check in pretty frequently with, is this what I want to do with my life? Like in 10 years or five years from now or two years from now, it's like, is this, do I still want to be doing this? So we actually kind of check with each other quite a bit and just make sure like we're both like, you know, committed to it because you can't do this, you know, at 80%. If you're bike racing, it's a hundred percent and it's, um, yeah, it was with training and travel and racing and such. It's, it's pretty committed. So, um, we just check in, I would say like, you know, when I'm racing poorly, we check in a lot. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I, I don't want to keep racing this way. I want to either be at the front of the race or be done, but I'm not going to be racing for 15th. That's for sure. So, um, so it's, I think the older I get, the more I check in, um, definitely five years, years ago, I wasn't thinking about retiring, but you know, I'm going to be 40 in December. And so obviously that's on the radar. I don't know when yet. I haven't, I haven't put a, a timeline on it yet, but, uh, you know, as long as my body's good and I'm getting results and I'm enjoying it, I'm going to keep doing it. Yep. So, I mean, that could change. <laughs> it could be really good sure. one season. The next season I'm like, wow, what happened? Um, but I don't know. It's one thing that we're just going to kind of take it year by year and see how it goes. Um, which I don't know if is is necessarily the best plan, but it's working for us right now. So, you know, it's working. That's, <laughs> that's what matters. I mean, that's the yeah. whole point, right? Yeah. You are being very intentional about whether it's serving you or not. And there is no should in terms of how far out you should have to look or if you should have to decide when you're going to retire. Yeah. This, this life is on your terms and this career is on your terms. And I think you guys are doing it right. I love that you say you check in often. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think the compliment to that comment is the fact that you are acknowledging there are parts of your career that you love, but then parts of it that are also really shitty and that suck. Yeah. And so many people, I think, 
have this disillusioned view of life where you just have to love your job. And when you love your job, it means you love every aspect of it. And yeah. I hear you saying that's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. Cause like I have an amazing job. Like I love my job probably 80% of the time, maybe more than that. Wow. But like those times that are tough, like dropping out of race cause I can't breathe. Like yeah. that sucks. Um, but I also compare it to like, if I had like a real job, a regular job. And like I had, I worked six months on this huge presentation or project that I had to, had to do. And I, you know, gave the presentation and it bombed. I was like, well, that would suck too. (laughs) And it's the same exact feeling, you know, you put your heart and soul into something and you're expecting good results because you put the work into it, but you don't always get those results. So you're like, well, that was a fun year of struggle for nothing. (laughs) So I, like yeah. the tenacity comes out there again because see sometimes yeah. those experiences would really wreck people and yet I just continue to hear this like resilience in you where yeah that would suck but it doesn't you yeah and I I think for me is like I use um I keep it light and uh, I have a good sense of humor about it maybe not in the when I'm going through the emotions of of being disappointed um but like after the fact I can look back and I can. I can laugh about it and I can make fun of it and yet yeah, hurts, but it's kind of like that. Uh, it's just a sense of humor would help, which just helps make everything better. And I think uh, like, I love comedy and I love going and seeing comedians because like, I feel like, uh, you know, half the reason that they're funny is because they've dealt with a lot of stuff and gone through a lot of hard stuff yeah. and they come up with some amazing material that I'm just right. like, you know, unless you've been through a lot of lot of things and struggled, you really don't find the humor in things. So right, you don't have the it, material. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, I try to I try to you know keep it light. And once I've through like the hard emotional stuff, try to you know not take it too seriously and laugh about it a little bit because that definitely helps. Well, that sounds like a really great takeaway from mm-hmm. this podcast just in general for people is to um, try to find some humor in you know life's setbacks and um, and to check in also that sense of awareness yeah. that you yeah. mentioned. Um, yeah. And I've seen you doing some other things basically outside of your job that bring you joy, just like many of us ride bikes outside of our job to bring us joy yeah. outside of your cycling job. Um, I know that you've gotten into uh, racing cars and that <laughs> brings you a lot of joy, probably in a totally different way, huh? Um, it is a different thing. And I do, so, I do some autocross and um, my husband, and I do track days on the track. And then um, we've been uh, doing a couple of Porsche driving days, which has been really fun too. Um, I, it's been great because it's a different group of people. Um, it's really different kind of fun where, yeah, it it helps to be fit to do it, but you don't have to be fit to do it. You know, um, we're definitely the end of the day. We have the endurance for focusing and dealing with the adrenaline all day. Um, but it's just, it's a nice outlet where I still get the adrenaline, adrenaline rush, you know, I'm still, relatively new to it. And so I'm still learning and getting better and, um, just really having fun with it. And there's no stress because it's, I'm not getting paid to do it. So it's like, I can be the last driver on the track and I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm still having fun. You know, whereas bike racing, it's like, I'm, if I'm the last racer, I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> like either what happened 
Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, this is going to be hard to get another contract with results like this. So, you know, I try to, with driving the cars, it's, it's just pure fun and just the speed of it, the adrenaline of it. Um, I just really like that part of it. Yeah. Well, and the takeaway there is, uh, for people that, you know, try something that's outside your comfort zone. And I, and I do appreciate Mm -hmm. what you're saying about being a totally different group of people too, to just kind of expand your circles Mm -hmm. And then put yourself in situations that are completely different from where you are normally. And, yeah. And um, I, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying, it's like, it puts you back in that un- uncomfortable spot where, you know, when you've never done something before, you're like the person who's new to a situation and you got to figure it out. Just knowing how that feels. And so when you see some cat five racer at their first bike race and they're unsure wow. and they're asking questions you know how that feels. And it's a good reminder to be like, oh yeah, I was that person where it's like, how do you register? <laughs> like, right. you know, what is, what tire pressure do you run? Cause you got the same thing on the track with the cars. Like you think about tire pressure and you're just like, I have no idea where to start. So it's, it's nice being that person that's uh, new. And so you, you just, it's a reminder of just to be kind to each other, especially at bike races, especially with new racers, yeah. just, they might have some, questions that are pretty dumb but if they don't know they need to ask them you know that's right and just be kind and answer them we're all newbies at something right (laughs) yeah and I feel like if you just be nice to each other and answer those questions and help each other out you know that first step it just it makes it easier it makes it easier on everybody and that person wants to come back and try it again because they had a good experience that's exactly right. How many of yeah. us have been something where we're new and someone makes us feel stupid for asking our question and then we're not super yeah. likely to come back again? No, because you feel okay. bad about yourself and you're just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So, Yeah, no, I feel foolish. I'm just going to go back to something that I feel is safe in my comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Katie, in these last few minutes, I mean, given that your expertise is in the cycling world, if, if there is a female listening, specifically female, but um, anyone listening who really wants mm-hmm. to make a go of it in the cycling profession, maybe they're a cat too, and they're they're looking ahead, um, or even just to someone who wants to start a new business. Frankly, it has nothing to do with cycling. I mean, what advice would you give someone to pursue their their life's passion? I would say start small. Like, I mean, it's when you look at it that way, it's like, wow, where do I start? It's it's a big goal to reach. So I feel like start with your making small goals and, um, kind of working towards that goal, um, with achievable goals, I guess. Um, and so you can feel good about the progress you're making. Um, but also kind of push yourself to get there quickly, I guess. So it's a tough one because, uh, I feel like you have to have the confidence to take that risk. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen until you do it. Um, so I feel like making small goals, um, achieving those, um, but also don't be scared of failure because, you know, you're, you're going to fail. It's just the way it is. Whenever you kind of embark on, a, you know, a new journey where you're trying to be a bike racer, you know, trying to um, work on a different project or get into another job, there's a huge learning experience for all of it. Um, so I think educating yourself um, – setting realistic, achievable goals and just doing it as, you know, slowly and, you know, one, one step at a time. And I feel like 
uh, you'll get there as long as you, you know, keep working at it. I like that. That's good. You know, very practical advice. And, you know, as you look back over your cycling career since, you know, high school or before even, um, you know, have you, have you, uh, have you done what you set out to do? I mean, does, does nearly 40 year old Katie look back and say, <laughs> uh, 15 year old Katie, have you done what you back then hoped that you might achieve? I think so. Yeah. Um, just great. because like, I never thought I'd be a professional cyclist. Honestly, I, I was always good at racing and I was good as a junior and good as U23, but with, um, my stupid muscle issues and leg pains and such and, um, asthma, I didn't think I'd get this far. So I'm actually like really proud of the fact that I have accomplished as much as I have. Um, and then just persevered enough to figure out all the health issues and to make it happen. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty happy with the fact, yeah, I'm just pretty happy with how far I've gotten because I could have quit long ago. I have actually, no, I have quit a couple times, but like just briefly, (laughs) just like I'm done. And then, Four weeks later, I'm like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> that was a tough four weeks. I, I got to get back on my bike. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. Um, so the way we usually wrap up the podcast is I like to ask guests, um, because Steve and Covey's begin with the end in mind concept and sort of envisioning your funeral and who's there and what are they saying <laughs> to me. And I yeah. think it's because as an athlete, we set our sights on an event, right? A target event. And then we work right. back and we structure our season. And so to me, in my mind, when I think about the life I want to live, it's helpful for me to begin with end in mind and then sort of work backwards and say, how do I leave that legacy that is so meaningful to me? And so when you <laughs> think about what the legacy is that you're leaving, um, not just as a bike racer, but as a human, you know, what do you hope that they say about you or what do you hope that the, the mark is that you've left? Um, well, that's a tough one. I just hope the people that come to my funeral, um, be like, she was a really fun girl to hang out with (laughs) or like, they're just, I hope they're just going to miss me. I don't know why, but just like, be like, oh, she was fun. Like she had a good sense of humor. You know, she was just nice and kind and just genuine and just like, just somebody that they're going to miss. Like we all have these people that, you know, we've lost too soon or just like, you just miss them and you can't really put your finger on why there's a variety of reasons why, but it's just like, yeah, you just sat there gone. But then when you do remember, remember them, it's something funny that they said or done and be like, yeah, I remember that. And that just makes you feel good. and makes you laugh. And yet you still miss them. So I feel like it's just a person that kind of touches you, makes you feel good. Um, and then I I just hope there's a lot of people there, (laughs) you know, I suspect yes. Yeah. I just figure if no one's there, I'd be like, yeah, this is sad. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't have that vision for you whatsoever. Um, and just speaking from personal experience, you have def- definitely touched lives and, and certainly me just as a woman and also a woman in sport and a woman in business, you've had an immense impact on me. Well, and thank you. Me watching from afar and, and recently having the opportunity to spend some more time with you, but I just think the world of you and, well, and thanks. you are no doubt leaving leaving a big mark on this world. So keep doing what you're doing. Katie. Oh, thank you, coming. Megan. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, if I would, could include a link to um, the best way for our listeners to follow you, do you have a website or do you prefer Instagram? 
Um, Instagram and Twitter is just Katie F and Compton. Um, and I do have a website. I think it's, uh, katiecompton.com. Okay. I'd have to check. I'd have to check on that. Cause Mark, Mark set that up. I should know this. <laughs> well, we'll to links to all those things for sure. And then on, um, Instagram, it's, as you said, Katie, the letter F N and then Compton. That's where people can find you on Instagram. Yeah. Um, which I and Twitter's the same. The Katie F-N. I just love it. I love that. Yeah, I that, loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty, I was pretty happy with that nickname. So I was like, I'm glad that one stuck. You know, there's some nicknames I've had that I'm like, yeah, that's not so great. <laughs> so, well, if you don't mind my asking, where did this nickname come from? Do you, was it a specific race or something that someone said this and it stuck? Um, it was a uh, like friend of a friend asked, it was back when I was like in 2000 six or seven or something when I was just winning pretty much every race I started. Um, and a friend asked who, who won the, this weekend. And my other friend said, Katie fucking Compton, who else? And so ah. after that, he, he started calling me KFC and my friends are calling me KFC. And then like, I think Vela news asked me what my nickname was. And I was like, well, in my small friend group, it's this. And then after that, it just, it took off. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a cool nickname. It's I'm glad it, that worked out because I used to be like <laughs> Frodo or Man Hands for my ugly feet what? and my like and my strong hands. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have strong. Obviously, you saw me put the tubular back on the on the rim, and I was like, I got some strong hands. <laughs> so I was like, it could have been that. That was back when Seinfeld, you know, and like the the Man Hands episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not. This point is have that one go away. I well, yeah. I love Katie Evan Compton, and I don't like any of those other names, but I'm glad they didn't stick. Uh, and I didn't yeah, watch me too. I don't really understand what that means, but um, oh, you anyway. t- oh, that's a great episode. I somehow missed the Seinfeld era. Um, I'm not sure why. I didn't really ever catch up with friends either, but um, oh, anyway, well, you're probably in law school and busy. I don't know. I just I don't know. I always laugh when people make Seinfeld references. It really is like how people relate to certain things is the Seinfeld episode but anyway I'm super yeah, glad that yeah. your name is awesome and epic and I think that you are indeed the Katie F and Compton uh, <laughs> of the world so anyway um, awesome I, I thank you, you. Your season. I hope things turn around for you I'm sure that they will mm-hmm. and I will be watching and cheering for you from the sidelines awesome thanks Megan thanks girl Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.